Hi Johnny, we are delighted to be here with you today in what is a perfect setting to talk all things wellness. So thank you for your time. Such a pleasure. Um, it's it's an interesting time for all of us to be navigating. You know, obviously the last few years have been challenging. There's still a lot that's happening in the world that's you know unsettling. So it's lovely to be able to talk to you about what each individual can do now to build a foundation, I think, to strengthen themselves and to help them navigate. Obviously there's many dimensions to that um, and at Sunlight and we certainly want to build a foundation of good physical health um, but you bring a lovely new dimension which is more about the mindfulness spiritual um, you know aspect I guess to our health and well-being yep. and yeah we're really keen and really interested to talk to you today um, to bring in your perspectives and to hopefully inspire anyone listening to this podcast today um, to think about, you know, bringing meditation practices into into their life, um, and understanding what will be the benefits of that. Yeah. So thank you very much for your time oh, today. Looking forward to diving in. Yeah, <laughs> let's get started. Okay, so I want to take you back first um, to 1948. This was something that I found really interesting. Um, the World Health Organization, way back in 1948, actually broadened the definition of health and well-being mm. beyond just physical health and recognise the importance of physical, mental and social well-being um, and not just the absence of disease or infirmity. Yet if we fast track forward to today, there's still such a, a focus on physical health. Um, with all of your work, you've obviously expanded beyond that. So I'm interested to know if we actually had have adopted a broader view of health and well-being, and also brought in practices such as meditation um, on a grand, on a larger scale, you know, before now, what do you think would have been the benefits to all of us to be able to, you know, get the best out of our life and navigate through times like we've just been experiencing? Mm, that's a really interesting question to go back and then think: What would it be like if people had adopted collectively um, meditation? Meditation as, as a practice is defined very simply as any practice that cultivates greater awareness of oneself and one's relationship with the present moment and all of the external stimulation, how best to be in relationship with that external stimulation, so to be able to actualize one's deepest desires and live a fulfilling life. That's the purpose of it, to live a fulfilling whole happy life and then the benefit of that is that you know everybody who comes into contact with us and our happiness mm -hmm. is influenced and affected so from that standpoint you know if people started meditating like a large amount of the population started meditating i imagine that the benefit would be a greater sense of fulfillment a greater um uh, awareness of our relationship to the planet to each other, it would change the way in which we, I mean, there's no aspect of our existence that wouldn't be affected. Society would be completely different, I imagine. Um, and our collective health would be better because we are all interconnected. Our, as we know, COVID <laughs> has come and swept us and knocked us off our feet. It's a, the, the clearest indicator of the global interconnectedness, our interdependence, and how when something happens here, everything is affected over here. 
And it's a very great lesson for us to really start understanding how we as a species can no longer pretend that we are existing within silos separate from each other. Why is it now that we only seem to be adopting a broader view of our health and well-being? Human beings tend to not change unless there is a great pressure or demand. We generally have to wait for some crisis or calamity before we are willing to uproot our foundations and make wholesale changes to the way that we live and be willing to adopt new habits. Mm -hmm. It's only under demand where the context for the change is in our face all day, every day. Anxiety, depression, overwhelm, you know, the, the negative physical impact of stress. These are all things that are like, like alarm bells on the dashboard constantly going off that have such an overwhelming effect on us that cause us to have to reflect and go, all right, the way that I'm doing things is unsustainable. How can I reinvent the way in which I'm living in order to address this problem? So we're still in infancy in terms of, you know, cultivating sophistication of well-being. So before I progress, I think it's really important that we define wellness in the context of well-being. Wellness has a connotation of kind of like a, I'm feeling um, a general sense of wellness physically and perhaps emotionally. And, you know, that's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling an overwhelming sense of discomfort, right? That I, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm feeling well. Whereas my definition of well-being and how it's different to wellness um, is that beingness is the operative word in the experience of wellness. Well-being, being well, is operative. It's active. I am deliberately and prospectively employing uh, my awareness, which is the foundation as far as I'm concerned of well-being. The foundation of of well-being is the cultivation of self-awareness to have an artful capacity to regularly audit where am i at what, what am i experiencing here where is the discomfort where is the tension what is the thinking that is accompanying this uh discomfort is this thinking valid is it serving me what's the source of it how can i change it what would be a, an appropriate narrative to implement that would replace that habit in order to have this introspective clarity requires inner space the ability to witness the experience that we're having and then to be able to observe it and then draw upon some deeper intelligence that is inherent within each of us to determine how best we move forward and this, of course, creates a context for meditation because that's what meditation does essentially, is it increases awareness. And once we've increased a sufficient level of awareness, what we're able to do is to perpetually sustain that auditing capacity so I can remain in touch with myself in real time. And as things come up, I can alter my behavior, whether it be the food I'm eating, 
the amount of work that I'm doing that's drawing down on my vital energy, the mental or emotional circumstances or the circumstances and how it's affecting me mentally and emotionally, I can interact with, alter, I can create boundaries, I can remove myself, I can I have latitude here. But all of this, the key ingredient, requires self-awareness. And so at the foundation of well-being, being, being the operative word, is awareness and structured within our beingness. What is beingness? Beingness is me in this moment, innocently, in the present moment. What is the primary quality of my experience in the present moment when I'm just innocently being here? I'm aware. And what that awareness affords us is meaning, uh, interpretation, being able to make sense of and interact with the experience that we're having. And if I am in the habit of cultivating and nurturing a refinement of my physical, mental, and emotional experience that is conducive to lightness, acceptance, compassionate participation, then the quality of my experience, the quality of my awareness, and the quality of my attention to interact with myself like this is going to be much more fine than if I was tired, stressed, feeling overstimulated by foods that are not good for me, you know, consuming media and surrounding myself in environments and circumstances that are not conducive to me feeling safe or open, seen, relevant, significant. All of these things are very vital for our well-being. And so through the cultivation of self-awareness and recognizing that structured within our being, our innocent natural state, it's not something we have to accumulate. It's not something we have to acquire. It's just something that we are. When we have a sufficient amount of this experience, then what we notice is that we have a greater capacity to operate the levers of what we would describe as wellness far more artfully and yield the desired response far more effectively. So from that standpoint, you know, wellness you know, ultimately is well-being, the, the way in which I can orchestrate my relationship with myself relative to my environment, relative to the stimulation, relative to my awareness of my capacity to meet demand. Because I think a big thing that we slip up on, particularly in this day and age, is always putting far more on our plate than we actually can chew. And quite often we're operating well above our capacity. We don't have an established baseline of what is actually a sustainable and healthy amount of activity, stimulation, food, you know, all of these things, we overdo it. And we don't leave enough time for spaciousness in our day to simply be with ourselves, take time to connect with ourselves, with nature, with each other. We're always just like, gotta, 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 gotta. <laughs> and we never get everything that we've set for ourselves done. Mm -hmm. So we wake up in a deficit of time because we didn't get everything done the day before. 
And what we forget is that all of these deadlines are self-imposed. So I think that what's causing, going back to your question, what's causing um, people to become more holistic in their approach is that the, the crisis is real. People are feeling acutely uncomfortable and disease is rife both physically and mentally and we've reached a, a, a climactic point in I think human evolution for the unsustainability of the way that we've been operating and not considering the, the more holistic view of what it is to, to be well. And I think to your point, the last few years have imposed demand on us that we were not in control of. Yeah. Um, so that was absolutely excessive. I think it's really challenged people in so many different ways. And um, in, in, from what we see from a sunlight and perspective, we feel it's accelerated mm -hmm. the journey towards what's next yep. uh, from a health and well-being perspective. Yep. Um, and I guess from your perspective, you know, as meditation teacher and as the founder of One Giant Mind, which in itself gives you, let's say, access to so many different um, people and situations and cultures and so on. From that perspective, what do you foresee as we go forward as being the new well? Um, I, th I think that the, the new um, reality of wellness will be shifted from the physical dimension, like our physical well-being, as an exclusive kind of idea of what wellness is, to include, and probably sooner than later, primarily our mental and spiritual and emotional well-being. Because actually, you know, the condition of our body is just a printout of our inner reality. As is the mind, so is the body. This is a very ancient proverb. And the quality of our relationship to ourself, the extent to which we are at peace with ourselves, we are accepting where we're at, and we're compassionately engaged in a process of resolving that which doesn't feel resolved within ourselves, the extent to which we are engaged in that really has a massive impact on the extent to which our bodies can release the trauma and the stress that's carried by being in conflict. We completely underestimate the negative impact of the lack of self-love. And, you know, the condition of the world, the collective consciousness is entrenched in a deep sense of unworthiness, unlovability, insignificance, powerlessness. This is, in my opinion, the global pandemic you know we we will awaken to the reality of the impact of the minds on our physical well-being at some point in the not too distant future and when that is really understood there is likely to be a massive revolution in the way in which we do everything because you know we can loathe ourselves and be in in a conflict and in a turmoil and still pump all the vitamins in our body, go to the gym, pump the iron, you know, have the green smoothie, go do the yoga class, and still be an absolute neurotic mess. 
tending to the body doesn't necessarily mean we have to tend to the mind and the heart. And at some point, that is no longer going to be something we can ignore. We can no longer justify just tending to the body and expect to feel good. And I think this is what's happening, is, you know, to answer your question, why is there a shift? I, like, I think everyone has kind of milked the cow dry in that respect. And they're like, okay, there's got to be something more to it. Oh, you mean my relationship to myself, my inner world, the fact that I am absolutely terrible to myself in the way I speak to myself, in a way I, I relate to myself, in the way that I project that onto the world, I'm fiercely critical and judgmental and, you know, always, you know, <laughs> looking to tear something apart. You know, this is, this is in my opinion, a, a kind of mental illness and it's that's not yet defined you know but in the ancient spiritual traditions it absolutely is it's very clear that existing in this way is is not good for the experience of being well yeah. what would you um, advise people or recommend if we were to take even just a small little you know some small little steps forward yeah. to try and Start to shift our way of thinking or, you know, build awareness of the fact of what we're doing that is perhaps self-harming in effect or yep. um, self-limiting. Mm. Um, what do you think are some of the essential things that really everyone, if you imagine someone sitting in the sauna now listening to this and yep. then when they walk out of that sauna they want to go forward with a different perspective or with a commitment to themselves to do one thing differently, what do you think is the one thing or perhaps a couple of things that you think yeah. are essential to try and shift, you mm. know, take small steps forward to mm. create a shift. Yeah. Um, and this, this may sound a little abstract to some of your listeners initially. Uh, however, if you're game to start a, a practice of daily meditation, all of it will make a great deal of sense very, very quickly. But I'm going to throw it out there for consideration. The fundamental step. It's not like mm, maybe this or maybe that. It's this to recognize that we are not our minds and we are not our thoughts. We have a mind as we have a hand. We don't say, I am my hand, uh, and allow the hand to, to make all the decisions about what we're doing. It sounds ridiculous, right? We have a mind that's just like a hand, and yet we let the mind make all the decisions about what we're doing. The mind is being conditioned in such a way that it is masking the true self. The mind is an interface, a processing mechanism for us to order, structure a deeper intuitive understanding of reality that emerges from the true sense of self. The true sense of self is an experience that is beyond the mind. We can't observe it, but from the sense of self, we can observe the mind. We can witness our mind. You can witness yourself thinking. Quite often, you'll notice that the way that you think is linguistically. Linguistically structured in the voice that you speak in. And if you're always thinking, which most people are, because they're overstimulated, the, the, the volume of thinking and the degree to which you have control over it is determined by the extent to which there is overexcitation in the nervous system. If we can de-excite the nervous system systematically, regularly, in a routine way, 
we create space to give rise to this witnessing capability. And in this witnessing capability is that awareness that I've been talking about. And with that awareness, we can recognize, oh, all of that nonsense that's going on inside of my mind, it's not actually me. It's a tendency of the mind in the same way that if I had some neurological disease that meant that I couldn't control the shaking in my hand, right? And so when I went to pick something up, I couldn't. I went to pick up a cup of tea and I spill it all over myself. It would be ridiculous to say I'm a useless and hopeless human being because of that, mm. right? Mm. The mind is the same. The mind has got some shaking in it. Mm. It is caught up in narratives and stories, nastiness, and all of this stuff that is no different from the shaking in so much as that it is a condition of being exposed to something that isn't sustainable, natural for the mind to be exposed to. And as a result, it's developed a condition that has caused our humanity to be overcome in the same way that my ability to drink tea has be, been overcome by the, the condition. Same, same thing. The mind has been overcome by the condition. When we establish the witness, what we're doing is we're moving back into the, 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 the epicenter of the central nervous system. And we are taking control of the ship, so to speak. And we are able to witness the reverberations, the dissonant reverberations of the mind and all the, the narratives that play out as a result of that. And in the process of witnessing, we are resolving. Just simply witnessing is the beginning of the sequence of breaking the habit of just being locked in to thinking. Often we can think without going, becoming aware of what we're thinking about. For some people, weeks on end. They can be caught in a thinking stream for weeks on end and snap out and go, oh my God, I've been thinking about that thing for a week and I haven't even check, checked in with myself, mm -hmm. right? This Happens is very easily. Yeah, some mm -hmm. people go a whole lifetime mm -hmm. without connecting with their authentic self. Wow. We can very quickly, through the practice of meditation, cultivate the capacity to introduce witnessing because it's always there as who and what we are. It's our nature. Resolving the condition happens very quickly if we apply the antidote. The antidote is de-excitation, turning our senses and awareness inward, using an effective technique. You're going to have the experience very, very quickly. So after we have a meditative experience or practice, we come out of it, we notice that there is some quietness there. What can we do with that? Remain aware. How long can I sustain this awareness of the fact that I'm not my thinking, I'm not the voice inside my mind, I'm not my mind, I'm not even my body sensations, I'm not my body, I am the consciousness that is inhabiting that, and I can witness all of this, and I can discern very quickly if I maintain awareness of what it is I desire and what it is I do not, what feels good and what does not. And then all I have to do is continue inquiring what can I do 
that's going to grow what it is I desire and dissolve what it is I don't. And when we cultivate that witnessing capacity, there is insight that emerges, our intuitive insight that emerges, that leads us in the direction of where we need to go to further cultivate the desirable experience. And leaning into that. And quite often in the early stages, what we find ourselves confronted with is the influence of the conditioning, which says, stop being so self-indulgent. Stop being so selfish with all this time you're spending on yourself trying to better yourself. You're busy, don't you know? Go and fulfill that, that, that task list. Go tick those boxes and go and give your attention to somebody else. Or what's the, you know, what's the point of all this anyway? I'm ruined. I'm, you know, I'm a bloody mess. I wouldn't know where to start. Or, you know, there's all of these stories that are, have got nothing to do with reality. They're just conditioned narratives. Mm. And the, the most powerful way to interact with this condition is from the self. The only way to really dissolve it, the only cure to this, is the authentic experience of ourself. And structure within that is sufficient compassion, kindness, tenderness, patience, understanding, enthusiasm, to, to bring those qualities to our condition and go, okay, whew, this is where I'm at. And I'm going to take responsibility for this. And I'm going to commit some little amount of something to this every day and observe. And the more we can commit, meditation is a really great place to start because one, it's relatively gratifying and the effects are relatively immediate. And it's something that we can do as a, like a bookend to our day that will yield results beyond the actual time that we're spending in meditation. Actually, we meditate to improve our eyes open experience, not to just have a, a bit of repose for the 20 minutes or however long you meditate for. We don't just meditate for the, the 20 minute period and go, okay, well, that was really nice. Now I've got to get back into the world. And, you know, the only time that I'm really going to be changing or experiencing life differently is when I'm meditating. This is not true. What we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating the infrastructure for greater dynamism, greater adaptability, greater capacity in the 20 minutes so that when we open our eyes and we get into activity, we notice that something's changed and we get to put that into action. And then in the afternoon, we meditate again. And then we, we, we increase and improve the design and we come out again and then we get into action again. And if we're doing this morning and evening in a very short period of time, 60 days, you will notice a profound shift. I mean, you guys know, you meditate. I'm sure you've, you can attest to this in some, yeah. It's a game changer. From our experience um, of, of meditation, and thank you very much for your teachings, it's, it's had a profound effect on our, on our life every day, you know, and, and this is, I guess, one of the things that we're passionate about, you know, with Sunlighten and what brought us into the wellness space is that we wanted ourselves to be in a better position to take control of our life, mm -hmm. um, to be able to proactively reset um, and get different perspectives and just try and navigate, you know, with, with purpose, but also with the foundation from which we can thrive. So we're so passionate about that. Um, you've had your infrared sauna now for a few months, yeah. um, so you can weave that into your ecology of wellness. Absolutely. We'd love to understand what you've benefited from, what you've experienced that's been 
I guess, you know, compelling to you, um, given you're coming from obviously a very significant base of, you know, daily meditation practices and all the things that you would already do for yourself. Yeah. Um, to, you know, from a self-care perspective, but if we then bring in the infrared saunas over and above, what, 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 what has that brought to your life that you feel is compelling? Yeah, it's what it triggered is um, a, a deepening of my commitment to um, my physical well-being because mm -hmm. um, that tended to be the one that I, I, I give time and energy to mm -hmm. um, as I kind of charge towards my 50s, mm. um, which sounds so strange because I feel about like, you know, maybe 26. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Internally, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, okay, so I, I've noticed a massive change in uh, my body. Mm. Aches and pains have disappeared. Yep. Um, there's a luster in my skin. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a clarity, like a, an increased, like freshness, mm. um, a lightness. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, I, I noticed that I was dropping weight yes. in it. Yes. I, that was a definite, unexpected surprise. Um, and in, in feeling better in my body, I've also included a bunch of other things. You know, so we have a bit of a regime now where we use, you know, the spa, cold plunge, bit of a workout mm -hmm. um, at quite early in the morning. You know, Carla and I are up at, you know, average 4.30 in the morning where it's really quiet. We can just really indulge in that mm -hmm. and, um, and the kids are still asleep. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's been so great on so many levels. Okay. And... Um, I find that I can meditate mm. in the sauna uh, for 20 minutes before it gets too yeah. hot and because we like it hot. Um, so I find that if I get in there quick enough, we can, we can meditate and that's really great. And then, you know, after I finish meditating, you know, I'm, I'm finding I'm taking calls in there, mm. <laughs> client calls in there and stuff. And it's fantastic. It's just something that you can do and I can fit in at all different times mm -hmm. of the day. And it's something I really look forward to. And every time I come out, I feel like, ah, like a, like a cleansing of some sort, yeah. which I, you know, I, I knew it was going to be nice, <laughs> but I didn't anticipate it having such, a, such an effect. Mm. I really, really love it. And I love what you just described as you've actually, let's say, regained some things in your life that you perhaps weren't aware that you were missing or shifting I was aware, from. just you kind were of, aware. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, for whatever reason, you just, you don't make priority because you've yeah. got, you know, because it's life, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it requires a really, really committed, focused mm. um, attention to, to really maintain uh, a wellness regime that you know really works for you mm -hmm. because, you know, who has a spare two hours in the day to do all the things that you really would like to do that you know is if I could do this for two hours every day, I'm just going to be, you know, feeling amazing. So we're, we're actually making the commitment yeah. to trying to get to two hours a day. And if that means getting up at 4.30 in order to do that, we're doing it. Good on you. And does it work for you, Johnny, because it's effortless? 
and then you can integrate it with your meditation and yeah. and other things that work for you. Yeah. It's not physical like a treadmill you gotta get on and you gotta yeah. you know, pound it out before you get any benefit. Yeah. Yeah. It I just love the fact that you can sit in there and um, you know, listen to music, um, maybe a podcast, yeah. catch up, do some reading or catch up on some um you know, the latest on something or another that I'm interested in. And mm -hmm. I feel it's like, great. Whereas I wasn't allowing myself that time yeah. to do those kinds of things because I've just got so much to do. But because I've I put a peg in the ground, I'm like, enough's enough. We really need to start investing yeah. more time in the body. Because, yeah. you know, with, our, with my work, particularly Carla, she's, you know, mm. all about the body yeah. and she, her... You know, she's got no issue there. <laughs> I'm the yeah. I'm the one with the yeah. issue. I'm I'm the one in the family that I think is benefiting most right across the yeah. board from introducing this. Yeah, it's just so for me, Johnny. Me. It's like my man cave. Yeah, it's my safe space. No one can get to me. Yeah, you know, I've got all this, you know, kind of like you know, different spectrums coming at me. I'm absorbing it. I'm detoxing, and then I can just choose what I'm going to do for that next, you know, 30, 45 minutes, depending yeah. on which program I dial up based on my lifestyle. Yeah. I love its versatility. I love that it's you know kind of effortless and it's 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 technology that's actually really good for me. Yeah. So I don't kind of yeah. feel like you know I'm adding to the digital you know load. Yeah. Um, I'm actually countering some of that. Uh, totally. And that's the other thing. You know, I feel like um, just the effects of EMFs and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I haven't read the research on it in this yeah, particular area yeah yeah it's a yeah. big it's a priority for us yeah yeah it's it's yeah i, f I feel lighter in that respect mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, but it is a luxury i mean it's a luxury it's so uh, yeah well you're glowing i mean you, you know you're yeah. kind of like the proofs in the pudding oh thanks man. you spoke about the luster mm -hmm. but um, yeah yeah no and we're you. delighted for you both because um it's it's a you're with you and Carla coming from different perspectives. Yeah. Let's say you know, um, it's lovely to see two people with two opposite um, dimensions. Let's say getting joint benefits now, and this is something yeah. you can share together, mm -hmm. which is also lovely. So it's either individual um, pursuit, if you like, or individual yeah. time out. But it's also something. It's lovely where you know a couple can also come together. And just have that time to yeah we love having someone together yeah, yeah, this, yeah we don't it doesn't happen very often because yeah. you know we often tag team with the kids mm. yeah um, but in the times that we do it's unreal yeah, yeah. that's so fun when they get older it's a great place to go and actually talk about them right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that well thank you so much yeah. for your oh, my pleasure um, time today and that that's a great discussion and. I know we'll give people some really good perspective, um, some thought-provoking perspective really on what we might all be doing um, unconsciously in our life yeah. um, and how we can shift to a perhaps a more conscious and deliberate you know, path forward um, in what, we, what mm. we focus on every day and, and how we want to live our lives. So and we're also delighted that the you know, infrared sauna for you has created a safe space yeah. um, and something you can bring into your wellness program that is so vital so yeah that's great. and I, i'm also excited for people that are, have access mm. to the recordings to um experiment and and enjoy the meditations that we've created yes for them because um they can be, begin that process right away yeah. you know just listen to those meditations close your eyes follow the simple instruction and watch what happens and if you you know for, for all your listeners that um, want to take it to the next level we have a, a free app that they can download it's called Great. one giant mind 
um, and it's a 12-step course taken through the whole process and you know you'll be cooking with gas. Fantastic. It's awesome. <laughs> That's right. awesome. Well thank so you much, so guys. much. Pleasure Lovely to see you.